This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Good Friday afternoon, everybody, on this July 24th, Friday Live. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we are here for the next couple of hours. We hope you will be, too, staying out of the... Although, I don't know, we hear, every now and then we hear a little bit of thunder. Thunder, or, yeah. Intermittent. Don't we don't have any windows in here, so we have no idea what's going on in the outside world. Thunderstorms and such. That's Typical right. July, right? They say it. Oh, yeah, and it's supposed to be like that way through the weekend and into mm. next week. So. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure Jim, he will fill us in. Our uh, chief meteorologist, Jim Hoffman, will be here a little later on with the weather, so he'll be telling us all about that. Also, this hour, we're going to be joined by uh, Jim Papandrea, and he's written a book called What Really Happens When We Die. Like that moment or like for a few weeks after. Well, you have to listen. You have to listen. Jim will tell us all about it. I can't wait to hear. Uh, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune, so you'll be invited to, to call in and play along and win a fabulous prize. And then uh, next hour, our friend Father Jim Grogan is here to give us a reflection on Sunday's gospel. And then also a dear friend and a friend of so many of our listeners, Father Jeff Kegley, the pastor of St. Mary, Mother of God Parish in Middletown, New Jersey, will be here Tell us how to stay spiritually healthy through this pandemic situation we find ourselves mm -hmm. in. Because we've found other ways, you know, everyone's out, at least in my neighborhood and probably across the miles, walking every day. I see more and more people walking. They say bike sales went through the roof and you have to wait. Bikes are on back order. Everyone's, you know, we're, they were purchasing bicycles and we see that in our neighborhood, too. Yeah, a lot of people walking and riding bikes. Yeah, and I'm up very early because um, I do have to do a, uh, a mass several days a week early, and uh, my commute is large, so I'm out, you know, 6.30 or 7. And people are walking then. Mm -hmm. Now with the heat, you know, you don't really walk after dinner. You just yeah. melt. So um, I see a lot of the neighbors out by 6.30, 7 o'clock walking and yeah. biking. And you know what else they say is uh, this year has had an explosion of sales? Let me guess. Yeah. Lawn furniture. Well, that's part one. That's why it wasn't what I was thinking <laughs> of. But yeah, lawn furniture actually has. You're backlogged on. If you're ordering lawn furniture, all I wanted was a little patio table. Oh, I forgot you a even tiny little it. for our porch, you know. And right. and they it's I ordered it months ago and it's still on back order. Just a little simple thing. I probably I could if I, I I suppose if I went over to Lowe's or someplace. Walmart, you could have gotten it. Well, um, who knows? Maybe they're sold out. But everyone's having that staycation. And but, so, so, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just I was I've been reading about it all summer long. There's pools? been a boom. No, in boat sales. Boat sales. People are buying boats, which I think is great. But people are buying boats because they say that you know this thing you can get away. You're on your own. You don't have to worry about social distancing. You can get out right. on the water. Right. You can if you get in the right kind of boat, you can even sleep on it if you had to. Yeah. Or use or you know fishing, fishing that, boats. That sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. yeah. So boat sales are booming because people. Instead of spending money on beach houses and vacation homes and mm -hmm. things. And, they, and this way you have it forever and ever. Buying boats. Use it as until, much as you want. Yeah, until 
But so we started out saying, Father uh, Jeff will give us some advice on staying spiritually healthy. Mm. People are going after the um, physical health, you know, trying to just uh, get their exercise without having to go to the gym. And then others have um, tapped into creative recipes and trying to cook and, and eat healthier. After you first binge, you know, the first couple of weeks, I think it was right. out the roof. <laughs> and my routine has stayed the same. So That's right. Nothing has changed in my life. <laughs> Unaffected. Same thing, except that I have to wear a mask when I go into places that require mm-hmm. masks. That's mm-hmm. all. Uh, we're going to pray. And by the way, if you are listening live, of course, you're coming on all of our audio platforms, our radio stations, our streaming mo- uh, streaming, mo- uh, streaming audio on our homepage, our mobile app. Amazon, Alexa, Google Home devices, we're there. Just say play domestic church media. We're also coming to you live video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media, and also live video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domestic church media, and live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So anyway, you choose to listen or watch uh, going around the world, literally. So we're going to pray now, and we've been praying this prayer and boy, are we getting an overwhelming response to people getting free copies. And I'm going to hold up to the camera so people who are watching can see this beautiful prayer card. Two-sided, both sides. Two-sided. It has our information on the back. But the more important part is mm-hmm. it has the prayer on the glossy side. And who's going to be stuffing these envelopes and mailing them? I tell you what, we have a wonderful volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> my sister. Yes. My sister Janet has been here. and she, she's, Thank you, Janet. Uh, she's... Uh, She's been volunteering for us for a while. Oh, my goodness, over a year. But I said to her, I said, I'm going to put, give you a little extra work now because, you know, I said, you put something out that's free mm. and people will respond when it's that's free. Right. It is free, but it's a beautiful prayer card. The most important thing is you pray the prayer and you spread it around. You pass them out because I ordered, I ordered 5,000 initially and we're even picking up the postage. So all you have to do is, and I'll tell you how to get it, uh, but let's pray it first. And then I'll tell you how to get it. We'll say Want to start with this? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, We put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy, born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, the sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, We praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that, acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the Subtum Presidium Prayer. Holy Father, two years ago, asked us to pray these prayers every day 
with the specific intention of praying that we are the church is protected from the attacks of the devil. And I think we need to also now include as that uh, part of that intention to to protect the United States of America from the attacks of the devil. There's a lot of diabolical activity going on, mm-hmm. uh, and um, so we pray these prayers for those intentions. Saint Michael, Michael the, the Archangel, Archangel defend, defend us in battle. battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities. But deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Saint Charbel, pray for us. Oh, Saint Charbel. From the Mennonite Church. There used to be, well, probably still is, a little St. Charbel Church on the right. corner of Franklin Boulevard and Easton Avenue in Somerset. But it's Catholic, too? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a Mennonite right. We, we, we could go, and mm-hmm. they're in it union with valid. the Holy Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But maybe Mass is a little different. I, I never went, mm-hmm. um, but it was a tiny little church. Right, in uh, Somerset. Which was down the street from where I used to live. Yes. Um, and it wasn't always there. I remember when, when they arrived. So. Somehow I remember they would have a big festival, though. People would go for their food. Charbel? Yes. Oh, yeah. At that, that location? Wasn't it a big location? Well, they must have held it somewhere else. I do remember. Now I, think of... I do remember outside vendors or things, food yeah. vendors. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think I ever went to that either. Mm-hmm. Anyway, St. Charbel, pray for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, this prayer for the United States of America, my friends, we are offering to you for free. Um, and again, we're just asking that you please, number one, pray it, but also share it, spread it around. Um, and I know your pastor had an idea, and they're going to take this prayer card and reprint, reprint it, or put it in the bulletin. In the bulletin. So, I mean, we all need to pray. Goodness knows the country needs prayers heading into the uh, semester that we are. And um, if you are a member of St. Magdalene's or happen to come there in Flemington, I always have a little stack with me. So uh, just come on up. You'll see me there at the organ, and I'm happy. I've already given some out to. Some of the prayer warriors we have up there. So um, just come and see me. I have them as well. Yeah. So uh, we're so ready, willing, and able to send them out to you, friends. Just go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. And up on the top, there's a link that says prayer. Just scroll your cursor over the word prayer, and a little drop-down menu appears. And you can click on the prayer for the United States of America. And all we ask is for your name, your address, so we can get them to you, send them to you. We're picking up the postage. And uh, how many you want. And uh, we're not putting a limit on numbers, um, but again, we are paying the postage. So within reason, obviously. <laughs> and I, I ordered 5000 I hope we I hope we give these 5000 away. I hope I have to order another 5000 uh, Because there was an article in Church Pop today, and I know we've got to take a break because Jim Pepindre is going to join us in a moment. But there was an article in Church Pop today from an exorcist saying that there's just very, very evident diabolical activity in the country today mm. between the pandemic, uh, the tensions, the social unrest. Now, these are not from God. These are from hell. And so uh, we need to pray, and especially as we approach the election, right, to keep our country in the right place. Okay. 
Van Upson, what, I was going to say, we're going to go to a song I can only imagine, and I thought that was appropriate because what really happens when we die? So stay tuned, and we'll be joined by Jim Papadrea on his new book. Be right back.
Well, something tells me we won't have to imagine too hard because our next guest, uh, Jim Papandre, is the pr- a professor of church history and historical theology at Garrett Evangelical Seminary at Northwestern University. He's a regular speaker at Catholic parish and lay formation programs in the Chicago area, and he is uh, author of multiple books, but his latest is called What Really Happens After We Die. I like a little subtitle there, There Will Be Hugs in Heaven. Well, Jim Papandre, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's uh, great to be with you today. Hi, Jim. How are you? Looking forward to hearing about this book. But here, here's my byline. Will there be cats in oh. heaven? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a great question, but I, I can't find anything in the Church Fathers on that subject, so uh, all right, well, I, I don't know. I'll go. just have to imagine. They're probably all in the <laughs> yeah. catacombs. Yeah, that's very funny. Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so what really happens after we die? Now, Jim, I know this isn't one of those near-death experience books because you go right to Scripture. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, why you decided to write it and what the book, how it's laid out and, and what people can expect when they pick it up. Well, that's right. You know, uh, as you said, I'm uh, a student of the Church Fathers and the early Church as well as uh, the Scriptures. And uh, it occurred to me that many people have, uh, you know, sort of only a partial understanding of what the afterlife is going to be like. And if you ask uh, people what happens when you die, many people would say, well, you know, your soul leaves your body and, you know, you you enter this eternal realm. Uh, But that's really only half the picture, because the Church has always taught uh, something called the doctrine of the resurrection and the resurrection of the body. And um, as it turns out, we are not meant to be disembodied spirits for all eternity, but we are meant to be redeemed as whole human beings, and that includes uh, the resurrection of our bodies. So I wanted to write this book to sort of correct this misunderstanding and to help people understand, um, you know, what what God's goal for us is and what our hope really is in terms of the, the fulfillment of our humanity. And I'm so glad you did, because many of us would not tackle that research to read all the early church fathers, not just one or two, but many of them, and draw the conclusions and and sort of analyze what they said, which is sometimes a little bit too collegiate for some of us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's been a lifelong career of mine to study the church fathers, and um, one of the great joys of that is as you read through all the church fathers, you you pick up bits and pieces here and there on many different topics, and then you get the opportunity to bring those pieces together and, and write a book like this on a particular topic. And uh, so I was, I was very blessed that Sophie Institute Press allowed me to, uh, you know, to, to take this project on. Now, in, in the book, uh, Jim, you, you have a, a, about eight, eight chapters here, I see, and some very interesting topics. Um, what what you know? I, I think about people, and I did mention near death experiences. You, know, you hear people talking about going down the tunnel and the light and all that. But what you pointed out is such an important point that we are God created us body and soul, and that's how He intends us to be with Him for all eternity. And so, as that's we right. as we transition from this life into the next, when the soul does leave the body, we have to really understand that Jesus Himself in His resurrected body, our Blessed Mother in her own assumption are both body and soul in, in heaven, and that is our uh, destination as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Jesus became fully human to make it possible for our humanity to be glorified, and, and he did not relinquish his humanity uh, at his ascension or anything like that. I mean, he, he ascended, uh, and of course, as you, as you say, our Blessed Mother uh, was assumed also 
uh, with their bodies and um, and are still embodied, and that is that's our hope as well. So what what can we expect? What can we expect in your research and the studies you've done? Uh, again, you know, most of us have had the experience where a friend or or loved one, parent, sibling has has passed away, and it's interesting. Even that term itself, passed away, into what and where have they gone? Um, in your research, was there anything that that not necessarily surprised you, but that really gave you great comfort or allowed you to want to delve deeper into what happens at that moment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, it, it is true that at our physical death, our bodies and our spirits are separated for a time, but that is a temporary situation. And in fact, uh, that, you know, that situation sort of exists in a tension where the body and the spirit uh, uh, sort of long to be reunited. And, and one of the things I found comforting was the way the church fathers describe this eternal connection between the body and the spirit. And so even when they're separated for a time, it's as though the spirit watches over the body. And even though the body may disintegrate into smaller bits, uh, the spirit, uh, we're told by the church fathers, our spirits watch over all of the bits so that, uh, you know, it's sort of in anticipation of them coming back together. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why we venerate the relics of the martyrs is because we believe that although their relics are left behind here uh, and their spirits have, have gone on to the next realm, that their spirits are still connected to their bodies and long to be reunited again. And that's that's all of our hope. One of your chapters is titled The Butterfly Effect. I'm curious as to what that contains. Well, you know, um, I'm not the first, of course, to use this analogy, but you can think of um, the afterlife uh, in comparison to this life the way we might compare a butterfly to a caterpillar. So the caterpillar cannot possibly imagine, speaking of the song we just heard, cannot possibly imagine what it's like to be a butterfly. Um any more than we can imagine what it will be like to be resurrected and in our resurrection bodies. And, and you know, one way to think about the, the in-between time, whether it's uh, purgatory or what we might call paradise, and when we wait for the resurrection, is sort of like cocoon time, you know, mm-hmm. chrysalis time. Yes. And, um, and yet we emerge from the resurrection with, a, with a, uh, the, the, a body that is the same body that we had in life, but a transformed body. And so, again, it's kind of like an analogy, like as the caterpillar is to the butterfly, what we are now is to what we will be in the resurrection. That's a beautiful analogy. And somewhere in my foggy recollection, I I do um, remember reading that or hearing that. But what a great for a visual learner, you know, that that they could imagine that and true the 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 butterfly so beautiful, and we could be in our, our heavenly splendor without uh, imperfections or uh, different things that we had, disfigurements, whatever it might be, uh, in, in the afterlife. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, just as the caterpillar's body is suited to crawl on the ground and the butterfly's body is suited to fly in the air, uh, our resurrection body will be suited to the eternal realm in the kingdom of God, uh, which, you know, as we read in Scripture, is a place where there is no more suffering, mm. no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. 
Right. We're talking with uh, Jim Papandrea, and he has written the book called What Really Happens After We Die. It's published by Sophia Institute Press, and their address is sophiainstitute.com, their web address, uh, subtitled There Will Be Hugs in Heaven. And, Jim, uh, your chap- one chapter is also Heaven is a Reunion. And I guess out of everything, uh, after having been before the beatific vision and meeting the Lord himself, and but, but to see the reunion of loved ones and family and friends, tell us a little bit about that, what you, what you discovered and that your research there. Well, I think that is maybe the, the whole point that I want the book to, uh, to sort of culminate in and, and the, maybe the biggest piece of hopefulness in the book, and that is that, you know, those whom we have lost along the way are not lost, um, and we will be reunited with, with all who die in Christ in, in the heavenly kingdom. You know, we think of heaven as such a spiritual place, and sometimes we make the mistake of, of forgetting that it's still part of creation, and we as human beings, we interface with creation through our bodies, and we will do so then. And in the kingdom, after the resurrection, when we are reunited with a transformed version of our bodies, we will still interact with creation and with each other through uh, the senses of our bodies, including the sense of touch. And I believe that when we get there, we will be able to hug our loved ones uh, that we have missed in the meantime. But wouldn't wouldn't also the resurrected Lord have shown us that while he walked the earth after his resurrection? I mean, he ate with his apostles, and he, although yet he walked through doors. I mean, there was a whole different, uh, obviously, uh, um, I don't know how you want to phrase realm. it, realm. Realm. That he, but he was still present to to his his friends and was able to be just as he was. As I said, eat with them and making breakfast on the shore and things with them. And that's something that, you know, maybe we don't think enough about, that it is this, this, I know Holy Father of St. Pope John Paul II, back in 1999, he gave three Wednesday general audiences in a row on heaven, hell, and purgatory. And uh, his comment that heaven is a very, is is a state of being and not a physical place, so to speak. And the the news media jumped all over him because they said, Pope says heaven is not a place. Well, that's not what he really said. He said it's a state of being. It's a state of being we don't understand here in in our mortality. So um, this is something that I think as we look forward to the next life, and we as as faithful Christians do understand and believe that there is obviously an eternity beyond this life, is something that we, we, we really greatly anticipate. That's right. And I, I think, you know, even though we might say that heaven is, is not a place in the sense of, it's not a place you can get to from here. You can't mm-hmm. jump in a plane or a rocket ship and, and go there. Um, it is a place in the sense of, I don't know, for those who maybe uh, are into science fiction, in the way we might think of another dimension. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of a place. And, um, and it's on a higher plane. So it is a, it is a, shall we say, a better place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people say that all the time. A, a person, a loved one has gone on to a better place. And that phrase almost becomes cliche, but it really is true. Yeah. Jim, would there be anything you could um, shed light on or have found in your research? Let, let's imagine a scenario 
where um, somebody has passed on and there were unsettled issues here, whether it was a broken relationship or unanswered questions, and then that person has passed on. So we're left on the earth wondering why or what if, or I never resolved this issue. So then so many years later, we pass on and hopefully we all confront each other in heaven. Would there be what would be more like an earthly conversation of, hey, do you remember when this happened and why did you do that or say that? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Do we bring our memory with us? Yeah. I, like, I do. Sir- I, I think that we will bring our memories with us, but I also think there will be a sense in which uh, there's sort of an all-is-forgiven attitude from the get-go. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. And this is pure specul- speculation, but I, I don't think we will have to really hash those things out. I think... Uh, with a kind of a look and a nod, we will understand each other right. and, um, and 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 be in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, there is nothing wrong with uh, asking for uh, the saints to intercede for ultimate reconciliation and for those kinds of relationships. And I think there's nothing wrong with uh, you know talking to our loved ones who have passed on through Christ and the saints. Um, and uh, if we need to work through some things, you know, for those of us who are still here, uh, we can do that in prayer. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, perhaps, that's perhaps that's part of the purification process, you know, in the way, right. uh, in the transition. Right. Uh, Jim sure. Papandrea, the book is called What Really Happens After We Die. It's published by uh, Sophia Institute Press, and their web address is sophiainstitute.com. Uh, a wonderful book and a, a book of great comfort, especially these days. You know, we're we're all so so um, down, I guess, pulled being pulled down by the pandemic and the situation in our world. And 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 you know, we know that that the Lord is in charge, and 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 we're but we're all on our way toward the same exit ramp, as Father Groeschel used to say. <laughs> uh, and it's comforting to know that this is something that you know. There's a reality that there's a, something so much better waiting for us, and the book, I'm sure, explains all of that to us as best as the fathers have in the, in the history of our church. Now, do you have a website, Jim, that I know you've written several other books as well? I do. Um, I do have a website. It's jimpapandrea.com, and if folks don't know how to spell my last name, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> the easiest thing to do is go to drjimsbooks.com, oh, and that'll take you to my uh, Amazon author page. DrJimsBooks.com. DrJimsBook.com. And this book, friends, is called What Really Happens After We Die. There Will Be Hugs in Heaven. DrJimsBooks.com. So, Jim, uh, Dr. Jim, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Look forward to coming back again. I hope you will. God bless you. Yes. Thank you. Stay well. Thanks. You too. God bless. All right, friends. We'll be right back. Who 
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All righty, that means it's time for our domestic church chief meteorologist, Jim Hoffman. Hey, Jim, how are you? Very good. Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> You're still there. You're still I'm there. Still here. You're still there. I wish there was a way we could pipe Jim in so we could have a visual. Well, we're going to because you know what, Jim? I had Skype set up here in the studio. We're just testing it right now, but soon we'll Ooh, have I... your we'll have your handsome face on the big screen here so people who are watching YouTube and Facebook they actually see you as well. <laughs> and all of your all of your wow. meteorological all of your all of your meteorological equipment there that you and your scientific right. equipment there that you the have. The bike, the that, helmet, <laughs> the dog. So maybe, maybe I should have a green screen behind me with you know all that stuff <laughs> That's projected right. on it. That's right. Now are you at are you at the the home studio or at the uh, satellite studio today? I'm at the satellite southern command studio <laughs> where it rained all day today. Did it rain all day? Hey, listen, it's oh, been... Oh, terrible. Oh, well, listen, all, and, and all week long it's been, like, uh, pretty yucky. Although I think there was a nice day down there on Tuesday. I was down in that area. Tuesday was very nice. But, um, you know, it is July. What can we say? Mm-hmm. Hot, humid, muggy. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Thunderstorms. Yep. It was it was okay this week here. Um, there were a couple of good days. One day it was just so hot. I mean, mm. even on the beach it was hot. Mm. You just but, need to be um, in the water. Mm. Yeah. Yep. You got you got to watch those winds. The winds will determine how what what type of day it's going to be. I'm yeah. sure. Exactly. Yeah. If you get anything from the west, you know, you're not going to get that sea breeze. Um, what what you look for is that nice southeast, you know, wind coming off the ocean to so that nice cool breeze from the ocean. Yeah. Very nice. 
Now, you know, we just, we're, we're going to be talking with our friend Father Jeff a little later on. And I know tomorrow night, he's going to, or tomorrow evening, I guess 7 to 9, he's going to have an event in his parking lot up there at St. Mary, Mother of God Church. So what does it uh, look like for... So what does the weekend weather look like for us for in this area? For the outdoors, yeah. That's right. That's, um, is that the uh, Festival of Praise? Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, word is out. Yep. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Yeah, actually, um, I saw it on Facebook. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was thinking, that's going to be interesting, doing it from the cars. Well, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> but, um, God bless Father Jeff. <laughs> that's right, Father Jeff. He, he never, he, he's, always, he's always moving forward. He's always mm-hmm. thinking of something new and creative to get the people yep. to, to come oh, yeah. together. So. Make it work. Mm-hmm. But he'll be with us next Definitely. hour to talk about that as well. So. Good, good. Well, um, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's see what's going out there right now. Um, I just took a look at the radar, and the rain is slowly moving off to our south and east. So down here on Long Beach Island, we have uh, you know a few showers still around, and that will continue for a short time. I know I cleared out of Trenton maybe about an hour ago. So um, the trend over the next few hours will be, for, again, for that rain to move off, the, off to the south and east. Um, so... For tonight, any of that leftover rain ends, mostly cloudy with low around 70. Saturday, mostly sunny, high near 90. Mm-hmm. If you're at the beaches, that's the low to mid-80s. Uh, we expect the sea breeze to come in and cool things off a bit. Saturday night, partly cloudy, low 71. Sunday, mostly sunny, with a high near 93 degrees. And the beaches were going to be in the upper 80s, so you know, 88, 89 degrees. So not too much really along the beaches. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... Hot there as well. Uh, Sunday night, partly cloudy, low 72. And then Monday, mostly sunny, and we warm up to 96 degrees. <laughs> and looking into next week, um, you expect highs in the upper 80s um, to around 90. And looks like we have maybe Tuesday a chance for thunderstorms uh, clearing up Wednesday. But uh, it's going to be warm. You know, the, the, uh, the trend continues. Hot, humid, warm summer. <laughs> Chance of thunderstorms. That's yes. right. A classic yep. summer. That's classic. okay. That's all right. You know, that's, that's what right. we were saying the other day. The nice thing is, you know, that autumn will be arriving in a <laughs> month or so. So two months. You know, it won't that's be long. Right. You know, in, in August you start to feel like mid-August. You, you get some of those days where you get some nice, crisp, cool weather come in, and and then you start thinking about. September and back to school, and then Ooh. Halloween and then Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, slow down. But you know what? Listen, this year, who knows what I, you know, everything's I was, canceled. Cheryl's playing a graduation, a high school graduation this weekend. I think, but it's the end of July. So oh, everything is out of, everything's out of sync, you know, where everything's yeah. just in a different place. <laughs> so you never know. But you're right. I always say, right around the assumption, August 15th, we start to have a little bit, nice a little, evenings. the evenings, a little bit of a mm-hmm. touch of fall in the air yeah. sometimes in the evenings, in those yeah. August evenings, yeah. so that's it's nice. It's okay. I like all of it. Well, James, let me tell you, we want to thank you for all you do for us and taking time out of your busy schedule down there on the beach to come and be with us. Yes. <laughs> 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 the busy, very busy time here. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. He's a busy beachcomber. Yeah. All right, Jim. Thank you so much. God bless you and Jackie and the family. We'll talk to you next week. Stay well. Thank you. God bless Jim and Cheryl. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's time to name that Catholic tune.
And that means it's time to name that Catholic tune. We're going to play that game right now. And, uh, friends, Cheryl's going to give you some clues about a particular Catholic tune. We're going retro today. We're going Uh-oh. to go back in time a little bit. You know, you a little bit um, later, you're going to talk about that cute little magazine you have from 1950. Well, yes. I'm going to go into the 1960s. So this is kind of a, a retro show today. Oh, okay. So uh, the, the rules are these. Cheryl's going to give you some information about today's Catholic tune. And then she's going to walk over to uh, the nine-foot Steinway that we've wheeled into the studio here mm-hmm. and play a little snippet of it. And then we'll give you a chance to call in and guess what the tune is. Name that Catholic tune, the whole idea behind the game show. 609-493-8255. That's the number you would call when you think you know what it is. But you have to wait till Cheryl plays a little uh, excerpt from it. She'll give some information first and then... Step over to the nine foot grand and play something for you. And then you would call 609 493 8255. So let's play Name That Catholic Tune. So this might uh, hopefully jog your memory a little bit. Um, I think the young people might not recognize this. I, I don't know that it's even in many hymnals anymore. But so let me give you a little story. Sure, please do. Mm-hmm. It was written by a priest who actually received his doctorate. He went to uh, several schools and he got a multitude of degrees, including music, studied at the conservatory in, ooh, maybe Chicago. But that's in that's not significant. Um, but he did write this hymn. He was a writer of music, father, written in 1966. So this is ah, early. The year I made early. my confirmation. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, and you know... At the time when he wrote this, he was at St. Mary's uh, Seminary in Mundelein. And if you are a little bit of a liturgical um, tap into liturgy and and such things, Mundelein puts out the Psalter where we can sing morning prayer, evening prayer. Mundelein now is all about the chant. And this particular song is the farthest Thing. I thought it was that little girl who had little adventures. Oh, Mundel- that's Madeline. Oh, Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Mundeline. Uh-huh. So it's all prim and proper and, you know, the, all the liturgical chant and such. Mm-hmm. But um, at the time, we had a little bit of folk music going on. So um, the text comes from Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus teaches that the basis for our judgment is uh, whether love is shown to all his people, even to the least of them. Mm. So, let's see. This is this song appeared in one of the first hymnals when we did go over. Now, Vatican II was 1962. Give it a couple of years by the time they published English hymnals for mm-hmm. us to participate as a congregation right. and this appeared in the one of the first hymnals where um the beginnings of the english liturgy were okay were so printed. drag okay. that microphone along with you 609-493-8255 cheryl's stepping over now to the nine foot steinway is this to, close enough yeah that, that'll be good okay and she's going to play a little bit of today's catholic tune can you name that catholic tune 609-493-8255 609-493. Someone's already calling. Yes. All right. Let's see who this is. <laughs> pretty amazing. What you I, I, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Nick Manzi calling from Jackson, New Jersey. Nick, you Nick. said? Nick? Uh, 
Yes. Okay, Nick, and uh, what do you think today's Catholic tune is? Whatsoever you do. Very good, Nick. Whatsoever you do. Now, maybe Nick's a child of the 60s. No, he's not that old. He's a young guy. Oh, yeah. I was born in 50. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you're, so you're you... my gen- you're, you're my generation, not Cheryl's, because she's after me, but mm-hmm. you're, you're my son. How did you know? Well, I actually have my son, who's an inmate in uh, 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 Jersey State Prison. Okay. He's on, he's on the phone oh, with me. God bless and you. And he, he actually told me that. Oh, how about uh, that? <laughs> what, what gave it away for him was Matthew 25. Well, there you go. Good Very boy. good. Well, God bless him. And uh, what's good. your parish down there, Nick? St. Aloysius. St. Aloysius. Very okay, good. Beautiful Jackson. parish. We know it yep. well. So that All is correct. Right. Whatsoever you do to the least. Just as called whatsoever you do, right? Yes. And it continues yes. to the to least. The least then of it goes my through Matthew to 25. That's yes. right. Well, God bless you. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on hold for a minute. Cheryl's going to get on and get some information from you. So and, I can send okay. you a prize. And uh, and God bless you. And God bless your son, too, for getting the correct the correct answer and for knowing Good Matthew job. 25. Good job. All right. Stay, okay. don't, don't, don't hang up. Hang on. And uh, friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more on Friday Live.
Whatsoever you do. And congratulations to Nick from uh, Jackson. You mm-hmm. said Jackson? And uh, his son. St. Eloise and his son, uh, who a couple Help of teamwork there and mm-hmm. guessed the, the correct Catholic tune. Whatsoever right. you do. And that was. Uh, now, just, do you remember playing that? I mean, we used to. I remember playing. Is, I remember singing it at Mass in the 60s. Yes. You know? Yes. It was one of my favorites. That was one of the first more contemporary hymns that came right. out. Right. That you started off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, oh. Although I think the organist, we used to have an organist there at St. Peter's in New Brunswick. Uh, who played, you know, we never really had, I think, you know, we had when I was in the, in the late sixties, early seventies, cause St. Peter's in New Brunswick, those of you who are familiar with the church, beautiful church, there was an upstairs church and a downstairs church. Are they still open? Oh, sure. Oh. And, um, my brother and I used to lecture and read at the 1015 upstairs, the big church, which was where the more traditional music okay. was played, the organist. But downstairs there was a folk mass at the same, at the time. same time. Well, Bo- we, now and, we can't and both, even fill. And both churches were were filled. We can't even fill one church. And anymore. I remember hearing when we'd be we'd be upstairs in the main church, and downstairs you'd hear the tambourine. Sh- 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit. You'd hear the little the folk group down there, and that was oh, brand new for those days. Yes, yes. But yes, yeah, you know. So uh, I don't know both, if that's. Both it might still be in hymnals. People might still be doing it. I don't know about right now because there's not a lot of singing going on. But uh, we had a, a Father Joseph. That was his favorite. But again, it was the scriptural text, and it just speaks to how we mm-hmm. need to be living. Right. So, but it's definitely one of the oldies but goodies. Yeah. 1966. I remember one when, when our babies were little. Our children were little babies, and. Uh, I remember one time I was singing that song, Changing a Diaper. Really? Well, because it was, you know, I kind of tried to apply that whole idea to, you know, when my diaper needed a change, you gave me a change. <laughs> I don't think that's one of the verses. No, I know, but There's it would apply. Verses, it would be the same thing. You know, yeah. same thing. You know, whatsoever well, you do to right. the least of my brethren, you're changing this baby's diaper. Absolutely. You Not know, the most pleasant thing in the world. <laughs> and a lot of moms, they always think, I don't have enough time to pray. I'm taking care of the kids, you know, carting them here and there, the housework, the cooking, all maybe their own job. And um, I guess I was at a workshop for, for mom, like a mom's club. And they were said, you know, every time you you fold somebody's laundry and, and, and put things away, those are prayers. Those are the kinds of prayers. I pray a lot at night. <laughs> you doing laundry at night? <laughs> no. I'll sit down on, on my little space there, my couch. Yes. And there'll be a basket of laundry just sitting there. As if with no note, I, the assumption is I'll mm-hmm. put it here. He'll know to fold it. That's right. And it works. So I make friends. it a prayer. Try that. Just make leave it, it out where Why he's not? got a trip over the basket. That's right. It's right there. Basket <laughs> of laundry means fold me. Yep. Blocking the television. That's right. <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, hey, next hour, Father Jim Grogan is here to uh, give us the reflection for this Sunday's gospel. And our dear friend, Father Jeff Kegley, staying uh, spiritually healthy during this time of pandemic. But also, he's going to share information about tomorrow's event over there at St. Mary's tomorrow evening. Yes, stay tuned. Don't go away. More to come on Friday Live.
Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. St. John Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. <laughs> It's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. This universe of ours is a free universe. It is a universe of character-making, of soul-making. Almighty God is placed into our hands. Think of it, the power to make ourselves saints or devils. It is up to us. There are some laws that we cannot disobey. For example, the law of gravitation and certain biological laws like circulation of blood. But in a moral universe, we are free either to obey the laws of God or to disobey them, just as we are perfectly free, for example, to obey the laws of health or to disobey them. The people you know and trust, 
are on EWTN. Hello? Hi, Mother. What's your name? My name's Becky. I'm from Wisconsin. I was away from the church for over 20 years. Ah. And through the grace of God, have come back now. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome home. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Florida. Good. And what's your question? Well, I have this wonderful gift that God gave me, and that's my sister. Mornings with Mother Angelica. There's none better. Weekdays at 10, right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Friends, another big hour of Friday Live on this July 24th, a stormy night out there, uh, but we're happy you are here with us. I'm Jim. Thank you for staying with us. This is Cheryl. And coming up this hour, we're going to be joined by our friend, Father Jim Grogan, who's going to give us the gospel reflection for this coming Sunday's gospel. And also later this hour, oh, I know a big, a big favorite of so many people in our listening area here in New Jersey, Father Jeff Kegley who's the pastor of St. Mary, Mother of God Parish over in Middletown, New Jersey, will join us. Uh, and we're going to talk about staying spiritually healthy during these very troubling times. And mm-hmm. Father Jeff, a wonderful holy priest and always has such great insights. So he'll be joining us later on this hour. Um, so anyway, we're going to start with our gospel reading. And then uh, Father uh, Jim Grogan will join us and he will give us the reflection. Now, if you're listening. We don't have any uh, video this hour, but um, certainly we're coming to you on all of our other platforms, so we hope that you stay with us. But uh, right now we'll have our gospel reflection for this Sunday, our gospel for this Sunday's, uh, which is the 17th 17th Sunday in ordinary time. We are a long stretch of ordinary time. Mm, very ordinary. Not so ordinary. But it's never ordinary. Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. We have a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus, it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. 
In our gospel this week, Jesus shares a parable of one who discovers a treasure hidden from all, and he sells everything to buy that treasure. This is an old twist on a modern adage, buy low and sell high. But we find the sacred in where the parable differs from our modern advice. After selling everything, giving up all that would be the foundation and support of his life so far to acquire the treasure, the figure in the parable does not then sell high. They've achieved something for which no price could ever be enough to purchase. They've acquired, as Jesus promises in the beginning of the parable, the kingdom of heaven. Could there possibly be a price worth even considering to part with the kingdom of heaven? Before you answer, consider the first reading, the story of Solomon and his request to God, not for riches or long life, but to not to vanquish Israel's enemies, but for wisdom to govern the people of Israel, God's chosen people. And when he makes this humble request, God not only grants this, but also gives him what he did not have the audacity to ask for, riches, military power, and long life with the caveat that he must follow the Lord's way. God promised Solomon a long earthly life. Jesus promises us the kingdom of heaven, eternal life. So let me ask the question again. Could there possibly be a price worth even considering to part with the kingdom of heaven? When I ask that in a homily, we will all answer resounding no. But when we answer that with our lives, we choose poorly every day, and we call that sin. Sin is when we choose a better price for the promise of the kingdom of heaven. Sin is when we decide that God's promise to us, conditioned on following the Lord's way, is something we choose against. We are the children of God. By our baptism, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. You and I, we are called to holiness and we have a reputation to uphold as Christians. A conversation that most parents have with their children as they grow up, often as they approach their late teen or young adult years, includes telling them that they have a responsibility to protect the good name of their family. Forget any financial advantages. Forget any educational advantages. The most enduring gift we give to our children is our family reputation. Does that reputation reflect the wisdom of Solomon or the pride of the Pharisees? Do we mirror the humility of the saints or the coldness of the world? Let me recall for you the words of St. Paul's letter to the Romans in our second reading this week. Those he foreknew, and that's you and me, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. We are the ones who God foreknew, who are made in the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. That is our family name, Christian in our earthly families, when we do something wrong, there is an impact to others, be they parents, siblings, or children. In some communities, such as the Amish or Mennonites, individuals can be shunned 
which separates them from their families. Thankfully, we do not do that in any formal sense, but in subtle ways, we do. What decisions do we wrestle with when we hear something of concern in another family, and perhaps wonder how we should interact with them? These serious conversations go way beyond unfriending someone on Facebook. Each of us are called by Jesus himself, predestined for the kingdom of heaven. That is our treasure, and no one can take it away from us. We can, however, lose it. When we choose against God, against love, against the way of Christ. Choose wisely, my friends. Your whole family of Christians depends on you to protect our name.
All righty, welcome back. And uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by our friend Father Jeff Kegley, who's the pastor of St. Mary, Mother of God Parish over in Middletown, New Jersey. Um, He's on the list of uh, popular priests. He is. Well, you know what, because he—and this is no common to anybody else, obviously, but right. obviously Father Jeff has for so many years been um, a leader— uh, in the diocese and, and right, just kind of bringing people together and, mm-hmm. and he has conferences and right the men's group but his spirituality is just very contagious and he was uh closer to our area at saint Raphael's. that's when i first met him right is that considered hamilton uh, yeah or trenton uh, hamilton, not really sure hamilton. but just uh you know he just got to know a lot of people and then he moved to the other side of the state and got to know even more people right. and We've stayed in touch, and but mostly because of the conferences and the different things he would hold, um, and we providing were, opportunities. You know, in many because right. they've had perpetual adoration at his parish for years, right, and right. they had it over here, still do at uh, Saint Raphael's uh, mm-hmm. so, over here, and he was always invited the, the charismatic. Other, right among all the other priests, just doing a lot of wonderful things. Mm-hmm. So he'll be with us uh, in just a little bit. But before we do that. Um, I did. I was sharing with the listeners. You know, I was last Saturday. We were both sitting around, too hot to go out. Yes. And uh, of course, you're not visiting anybody these days. No. So we were sitting there as we usually do. It's like it's like Groundhog Day every breakfast. It's like <laughs> now I had to say, and maybe we talked about this once before that the movie Groundhog Day. Is that what yes. they refer? I never saw that, but I hear, I see it in print. Whether it's Facebook. The same thing happens over and over again. Okay. So do I need to watch the movie? I mean, I get No, Bill Murray. You know, I I, I honestly don't know if I ever saw it, to tell you the truth. And he Um, was funny. So maybe we should because we have nothing else. I think Bill Murray also is a practicing Catholic. It sounds silly. Well, then we will watch it. Um, But uh, anyway, so. um, We decided to. Oh, yes. So we decided to go and we each decided on individual chores for the day. I forget what your chore was. My chore was to go down in the basement and start gathering things that can be used or thrown away. Mm-hmm. Put them into different piles. Mm-hmm. I started my my uh, my work, my chore, with gathering all the wires and cables that are down there yeah. that I thought we could use over here at the radio station. Because, you know, we had, when we first started, we had our little radio studio still set up in the basement. Mm-hmm. That's how we started. We would broadcast from in the basement. Which we may eventually be forced to do again, you know, in in the uh, underground church. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows where it's all going to go. But these things accumulate, and I know many of you have also done the same thing. It's like, well, what do I want to accomplish this week? You have that list of things to do that somehow months, maybe even years go by, and whether it's sorting photographs or photo albums or cleaning out a closet— the, the stuff that you never really want to do, but um, now we have the time and, and no excuse. So I went down and I was going through. Of course, then I started looking through other things. That, As I said, initially when we first started many years ago, everything was operated out of our basement, out of our home, domestic church media. So I would, you know, and there's still a lot of files down there. We had our have our radio studio down there um, and all the, I mean, I have notes. We Remember the days where we'd be down there before we even had a radio station, but we'd have the board get together for monthly conference calls and, um, breakfast meetings, uh, breakfast meetings. But I mean, I have notes down there, notepads of all kinds of things, contacts that are, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we, uh, uh, met in the course of our work. And, um, uh, but anyway, you know, my, my cousin, Will, who was, it was like St. Will, it was like yes. St. Will. I've heard it said. Yeah. But uh, he, he, there was a time there where I guess he knew somebody 
who actually collected memorabilia and had a lot of Sheen memorabilia, and Archbishop Sheen, and he would send me these things. And I found this little little magazine called Quick with Sheen, that Will had sent to me with Archbishop Sheen's picture on it. I was sharing it with my listeners earlier this week. Is there uh, a date on that? Yes, I mean, that October twentieth, nineteen fifty-two. Neither of you, neither you nor I were alive at the time. We were not right. born yet. Uh, we were still in the heart and mind of God, and um, uh, I think my sister was born though. I yeah. just gave away their ages. But anyway, so the the, the art it, it was like a, a weekly magazine, oh. and um, Sheen was on the cover, and the they had little sections on news. Um, 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 Government, you know, health, that type of thing, and there was an, and one on and a section on religion. He was the feature this month, this particular week, and he talked about the seven deadly sins of our time. And I shared that with our listeners. But as I look through this magazine, I think there's some, you know, you think about how times have changed or not. And mm. there's things in here about politics, about and you would swear it was today, you know, between the two the two candidates, General Eisenhower was running for president. He wasn't even president yet. Oh my. Adlai Stevenson, and they, you know, going back and forth about their various issues. Um, so, 1952, that would be an antique. Uh, yeah, I would suppose. It's, like a, it's in pretty good shape. It is in pretty good shape. And but it's funny to look at, at the advertisement. I was saying on the back of the back of the magazine, there's a lady with a shotgun. Oh. <laughs> now you wouldn't see that. Today. And a dog and a pack of cigarettes. Oh. Selling cigarettes. Yes. Remember those ads? But mm. this is 1952. It says, we set our sights on just one thought. So obviously hunters set their sights. We set our sights on just one thought for a treat instead of a treatment. Smoke old golds. Oh, my. And then there's a little... A She's little, in treatments now. I yeah, but listen. This is, they, this is actually in the ad. It says, hunting for the truth about medical claims for cigarettes. So I guess there was some question about... Possibly. Then it says, then remember this, no other leading cigarette is less irritating or easier on the throat or contains less nicotine than old gold. This conclusion was established on evidence by the United States government. Wow. So Even then, that, searching I guess that's when for it was, truth. <laughs> and then they have like... Uh, Do they sell those anymore, old I, gold? I don't know. I haven't smoked mm. in... Almost 30 years. Yeah, I don't even look at that area, but I, I can remember the ads. Some, for some reason, I can just picture camels. I, I don't know why. What did your mom, your mom smoke? What did she use to smoke? Well, there to, was camels lucky strikes? for a while. <laughs> was there an L? Camels had no filter in them, though, well, as I understand it. L&M. And M, and L&M, that's L&M what, that was a brand. King. That was a brand. Yeah. King. I'll um, tell you how times have changed. I was maybe fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Or sixth grade, obviously under age, under drinking, under smoking, under, right. you know, just, um, but old enough to walk down the street and g- go across the street and a block over, we had a little convenience store. Uh-huh. And she would send me there to buy the cigarettes. She would send me for a carton of, and I, I can, this was like $5 a carton or something. Really? So this is obviously eons ago. But the fact that the store owner would, would let me buy them. Well, you know, that, I guess, in those days, they didn't really, right. they, they trusted you weren't going to smoke them yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, right? And who knows, maybe he knew, you know, back knew then. Knew your mom, the, she was a regular customer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think when I, when I, and I haven't, again, I haven't smoked in, uh, in, uh, yeah, almost really almost 30 years, I guess. Right, right. The children were babies. Um, 
but when I started smoking in the late 70s, it was like 75 cents a pack. I don't know what it is now. I think mean, now you take out a loan to get a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> you have but... to mortgage your house. <laughs> <laughs> but five. So what was a carton? Ten or twelve? I think I... it was about. I have no idea. Ten, eleven dollars maybe for a carton of cigarettes. No, no, no. But how many packs are in a carton? Oh, twelve. I believe twelve. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know today. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. It'd be, it'd be curious to look up, but I don't even know anybody that smokes. I mean, it, it seems to me, but maybe it's just my circle mm-hmm. that less people are. But I don't. I really can't put any expert uh, spin on that at all. But it's interesting to see the like the, the things in here. Like here's here's an advertisement for a um, a radio phonograph. First, with record fans, Zenith quality radio phonograph. Enjoy the console tone with a giant seven and a half inch speaker. Is that the one? The speakers that look like a big. Um, no, it's just cone? one of those little portable things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but then enjoy Zenith's long distance AM radio. Wow. So it had an AM radio on it. Wow. Ninety nine ninety five. What technology? Though? $99.95. Oh, my goodness. What a find. And then there was um, a thing in here, too. And you're, see, now this is, now you're a little younger than I am. Mm-hmm. But I did remember some of these things because I had more. I'd love to flip through place. that. So for the listeners, it's smaller than, do you remember the Reader's Digest or Prevention Magazine? It's, and it's called Quick. So quick. it must be just for quick little reads, but it's, it's miniature, like four by six. It is. And then it said, then apparently this was right around this time they started, because it was just a little, a little news magazine, and they just mm-hmm. started putting in uh, television listings. So this is New York. It's for New York, and it lists the channels, 2, 4, mm. 5, 7, 9, 11, 13. Sure. And then it says it begins in in the belief that television will be increasingly important <laughs> as an entertainment and information medium. Quick is adding a new service for its readers in the greater New York area. These 32 additional pages of complete and concise television news, special features, and program listings. Wow. And that was the time when not every household had a television. No. I can remember. Now, we had a television. It was black and white. So 52 was still black and white. Oh, sure. But my my friend who lived down the street, they got a color TV. Mm-hmm. And we would watch. Bonanza? Um, no. Bonanza so, was the first, like, big color TV. What was it, color. Lost in Space? But that was. In, oh, yeah, that was sick. It was some, something, the Time Tunnel. Oh, Time Tunnel, sure. And we, I'd go to her house and watch it in color. Oh, yeah. With Doug and what was the other character's name? Doug and. Oh, who knows? I used to love the time tunnel. It was very, it was educational because they would always go back to a, an historical. Right. You know. right. But then it lists the top children's television programs. And I, oh, sad boy. to say, I remember most of them. <laughs> this is 1952. Do you, do you remember any of these? Um, time for Beanie? No. no. Is Captain Kangaroo? I don't remember that one. Um, the Gabby Hayes show. I remember that. He was like a yeah. ca- ca- cowboy character. Hmm. Howdy Doody. You probably didn't watch Howdy Doody. But I didn't of. watch it, but I, I know the title. Yeah. We used to watch Howdy Doody. How about Rudy Kazooty? No. I watched Rudy Kazooty. <laughs> Cute little names. The Merry Mailman. I remember that. I am the Merry Mailman. Ding, ding, my bell will ring. <laughs> that <laughs> the, the sounds ma- questionable. The Merry <laughs> Mailman. <laughs> the bell he was ringing. I don't know what he was looking for. <laughs> you wouldn't be hearing that <laughs> That today. was the song. I am the Merry Mailman. Well. Ding, ding, my bell will ring. Your memory is impeccable. So there may be, but see, there, we have lots of listeners my age and older who They're probably remember this, this, right? Sure, 
Next one, Children's Theater. I don't remember that. Big Top. I think I remember that. It must have been a circus show. It must have been. But or not someone. Bozo. Not Bozo. He's not listed here, but he came <laughs> on the air, obviously. Mr. Wizard. That was a popular program. <laughs> Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. I remember yes. Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Yes, I do. Puppets, right? Well, that's right. Zoo Parade and Super Circus. Another one I used to watch was um, Sherry Williams. Was it Sherry oh, Lewis? Sherry Chop? Lewis and Lamb Chop. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I watched that. You know what I loved? Davy Crockett was on Sunday morning. Mm, that didn't interest me. Fess Parker. Oh, oh Dave, not Davy Crockett. Davy um, Goliath. Davy Goliath, no, that's the one. <laughs> I just lost that game Davy and Goliath. I, oh, I used to watch yes. that all the time, sure. Like a, a Mighty Fortress was the, uh, was the opening theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A song of, of, of good moral character. Yes. They would quote Bible. and Right. That was a nice show. I used to watch that too. Yes, I probably probably can find those shows on uh, YouTube. I bet. Davy and Goliath. And Goliath. Davy. <laughs> remember that dog? The dog was. For those That's who don't right. know, remember Davy was a character. It was like claymation. Yes, a little boy. And the dog was Goliath. Right. Davy. <laughs> Good biblical. Kind of sounded stories. like Mister Mister Ed. Mister Ed. Anyway, so that's a pretty neat. I was, I was getting a. It's good to look back on these things and see how some things have changed and some things have not. Right, right. But the fact that we were so openly selling cigarettes on the. Uh, mm. And then defending it. Obviously, there was. Oh, here's something for women. <laughs> I want to read that first before. Oh, a, li- oh here, a, li- a light's always handy. If you tape a hook of matches to each freshly opened pack of cigarettes. <sighs> Yeah, I see. Thoughtful. I showed you how to like roll cigarettes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> In the magazine. <laughs> right. But there's good old Bishop Sheen right on the cover, that's so a, he saved that the is day. That's a treasure. He Very saved good. the day, and you get a pair of Pedwin single wing men's shoes for nine ninety five. Wow, wow. Mm. Probably expensive for that time. And then here's uh, little Lulu selling Kleenex. Little Lulu, the cartoon character, remember her? Oh, yes. Only Kleenex meets you halfway. Soft, strong pop-ups serves one at a time. Wow. No waste. What advancement. See? So anyway, we keep that. I'm going to keep that here. We have the little cabinet out front with all of our sheen yes. memorabilia. We'll yeah, put this in there. That is indeed a treasure. I thought it was pretty, pretty neat. Uh, okay, so why don't we take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our good friend, Father Jeff Kegley. So stay where you are, brothers and sisters. We'll be right back. My God, the King, I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever.
All righty, welcome back, friends. And uh, that's the kind of stuff we got to hear to kind of pick up our spirits in these days of, uh, oh, confusion and all kinds of stuff. But just lift the spirit high, right? Amen. And speaking of Amen. that, we want to welcome someone to the program who's been a dear friend of ours for many years and uh, who's known and loved by so many here in the diocese who always can pick up the spirit because he's so filled with the spirit. Father Jeff Kegley. Hey, Father, welcome to the program. Hello, Jim. Hello, Cheryl. God bless you guys. Oh, God bless you. It's so good to hear your voice. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing well, thanks be to God. Wonderful. Thanks be to God. Wonderful. Well, you know, Father, the last time uh, we, we saw you and we, we talked with you and chatted with you was the end of February at, at the men's conference, which mm-hmm. was a wonderful event, but it was before all of this began to really uh, come to the fore. And, uh, you know, I always say, you know, as we've been going through this over the past number of months, People, like I said, people's spirits need to be lifted, and people just don't know sometimes where to go, where to turn. But you, mm-hmm. you always seem to have such wonderful insight into just keeping focused uh, where we should be focused on the Lord and how to, how to allow that to really take over your life. How, how have you been doing that, especially at your parish? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, I, I think this is an opportunity of grace for all of us, is first of all to, to, to know our identity of who we are as the sons and daughters of God. I think we need to keep that in the forefront uh, of our minds, particularly as we're facing a world pandemic. You know, God has allowed us to experience this, and we can fall to despair if, if we think in in worldly terms, but not in, in kingdom terms. If we remember that we're sons and daughters of God, you know, Jesus has come, we're part of his kingdom, Jesus has conquered the world. And so there is a victory that, that we all share and a victory that awaits us yet. Um, and in the meantime, we, we shouldn't fear or have the anxiety that, that we, we might be struggling with because of the pandemic, um, because we know Jesus is victorious. But we really have to know who we are as sons and daughters of God. And Father, how, how do we, you know, I, I guess, you know, with, with all that's going on around us, none of us, I'm sure, have ever experienced so much of turmoil, uh, uh, civil unrest, as you mentioned, the pandemic, of course. Uh, and and I think in, in my entire life, I've never really—and I lived through the 60s. Uh, it, right. I, don't, I don't think it was ever this bad, mm. uh, because on top of all the, the, the disruption and the, the angst and the even the, the anger toward each other, we have the pandemic, we have the virus, um, you know, and people tend to just let that bring them down. And, and our, even our spiritual life becomes affected because— as you know, we the, the churches had to be closed there for a while, and and right, and right. now that they've opened up again, but the limit there are limitations. I know Cheryl is a music director; she's you know there's no more singing, and mm-hmm. it's just different. So how and how do we how do we move forward here with that with that uplifted spirit? Well, you know, one of the things that I know personally I've been doing is spending more time in the Word of God, and and studying His promises. You know, like. Scripture reminds us that Jesus has conquered the world. And so we've we got to take the, the positive aspects of the promises that Jesus has made for us, study them, live them, chew on them, if you will. Otherwise, the world right now is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. The world, you know, and the circumstances of the world are overwhelming. And so I'm finding myself more and more turned to sacred scriptures mm-hmm. and in just studying the Word of God and the promises of the Lord that are there, you know, and he tells us, you know, do not be afraid. You know, in Scripture, 365 times that, that verse is used. And so the Lord himself is telling us, do not be afraid. Then we have to accept that word. We have to 
allow that that word to envelop our, our very being, so we can be the, the witness of Christ in this world right now and also the hope, and not in fear, not have the anxiety. We know for this is for sure, that this pandemic, the crises that we're facing, the, the hatred among people, that's from the pit of hell. Mm. And we know Jesus defeated the devil. Amen. And so we can't buy into the lie that this is our reality right now. Mm. There is something greater for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to, to proclaim and, and to witness to. Yeah. Uh, and if we, we live in that, in that victory of Christ, the power of His Holy Spirit, then we're offering the world hope right now that, that people need to see. Mm. And the world, you know, and to some extent, I, I really believe this is a time of profound grace for Christianity, for witnessing to the gospel, because people are despairing all around us, and they're longing to hear a message of hope. And if we can bring them that message of Jesus Christ, His love, His compassion, His mercy, this is our time to shine, but mm. people are going to be more receptive to hear it. Mm. I, I do agree, uh, Father, that this is a great opportunity laying before us um, if we had to make good of any terrible situation. Is that can we invite someone to adoration? Can we invite them to, I know you might still be having some events at your parish or other parishes in, in some way, you know, they're, they're having holy hours or, or even bring them to Mass and, and witness to them that, you know, my faith is making me calmer. Um, it's, it's a faith that provides us with hope because Jim and I talk about this so often, and the people that seem to be full of the most amount of fear and really locking themselves in the basement because they're so afraid is that they're not the ones that really believe there's something beyond this world. Like we, we're very often we'll be so bored. We'll say, Oh dear Jesus, take me now, you know, because right. we know ready. The, the better stuff lies ahead, hopefully for us. But um, I think some people just think, you know, well, we, we live for now and when it's over, it's over. Right, right. And that's what these, those are the people that need to, to see us witness to, to hope. You know, witness to the, you know, Jesus came to save us from our sins. Jesus dies for us. You know, he, you know, he longs for us. He's keeping his eyes on us. There's not a moment of the day where he's not looking at us. But to give them the message of, of his love and his mercy. And, and this is our chance to, to get them. Now, they might be hiding, mm. but, you know, I think what I'm amazed at is how faithful Catholics are really using social media to get the message of good news out. Mm. How you guys are using your, your radio station to get the message of the new evangelization out. You know, it's out there. Mm. You know, the words are being, uh, are, are being broadcast, if you will. Um, and so we're doing our best to get the, the message out. Now, is it easy? Absolutely not. Mm. But that's the apostles, the original disciples, the first Christian community. They certainly didn't have it easy. We don't have it easy. And so this is part of the, the, the witness to the cross. Amen. This is part of us, you know, living the faith that, that Christ has called us to. So true. And so we have to ask the Holy Spirit, inspire us. What are, how do you want us to work out of the box? Mm-hmm. There'll never be a, the norm again. There'll always be a new norm. Mm. Now, how do you want us to, to minister and advance your kingdom in this new norm? Great point. We're talking with Father Jeff Kegley, as you know, friends, pastor of Mary Mother of God Parish over in Middletown, New Jersey. 
Uh, Chris, I, I've had it pretty easy because my routine really hasn't changed. We never we never shuttered. We never closed down. The station has always been operating. Right. My routine is the same. But for someone like yourself, Father, as a pastor, Cheryl, who's a director of music in a parish, um, especially the public worship now has changed. And I think people become a little confused, a little frustrated um, with the, the restrictions that are in place that have to be in, in place, of course. Um, how, how can they better deal with that if they are having difficulty with it? Well, one of the things um, we all have to do is embrace the new norms, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's going to be different. And we before you, not to say we're ever going to really get used to this. I guess you know, but this is our new reality. And so when we come to church, maybe we have to wear the mask. Um, when we we go to um, confession, it might be outside, but these are just. The sacraments are still here right now, and it's just celebrated a little differently. Mm-hmm. And God's even bringing good out of this. A couple experiences we just had here at St. Mary's um, is First Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the last two weekends, we had two services, two masses, for, with uh, 50 kids each and, and their parents. And, and their parents, in the course of the pandemic, we, we had them come up with the children. To, to receive First Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful to see the mother and father with the child receiving their First Holy Communion, mm-hmm. where in the past we would have had just the, the whole class come up together one at a time. And, and now the parents were able to see it. So, you know, God is surprising us in the midst of our new norms, mm-hmm. how beautiful things can be under the new norms. Mm. So going forward, Father, um, you know, I've, I've, we've, we've chatted with the bishop occasionally about, you know, the, the way things are right now, and there's no, you know, definitive data when things may get back to a sense of normalcy. It's just as we go forward. But in, in the way we are here now as a church, we see even, even the attacks against the church, you know, through, mm-hmm. through burnings of churches and statues being destroyed— and you mentioned this. This a lot of this is is really coming from hell. I mean, there's yeah, so much absolutely. going on, and we we shouldn't deny that, right? We need to accept that reality and understand that there is a battle going on. Yes, uh, um, we shouldn't be surprised by a battle. You know, Jesus said this would happen. You know, um, and the more we submit ourselves, the more to God, to the Lord, um, the more the devil flees. And one of the things I think during this whole pandemic, there's this real moment of grace, but we we have to all look at our hearts and saying, like, we all have to repent and, and grow deeper in our faith. You know, the basic gospel message, repent and believe the good news. Um, that's how the devil's going to resist, you know, that's how we're going to resist the devil. Mm-hmm. That's how he's going to flee. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a great need yet for for all of us to, to go deeper in our conversion to Jesus, you know, deeper in the, into this reality of repenting for our sins. Um, and that's what's going to, you know, this is what's going to change things. You know, the basic gospel message, repent and believe the good news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when this began, we were midway through Lent. 
And I know. <laughs> for, for some people, you know, at, at first, you know, it was all so unbelievable. We, at that time, had no idea that it was going to be dragged out as long as it is. And people were making a little light. Well, I'm, I'm having a, a more meaningful yeah. Lent. Or, boy, I didn't think I'd be giving up so much for Lent. And, boy, it's the longest Lent I've ever had. Well, people right. have stopped joking about that. But I think seriously... Um, maybe, again, another opportunity that we can truly get involved in, in that self-examination and what more can I do and, and encourage somebody else that maybe hasn't been. Look, we can uh, take advantage now of the sacraments. You can go to confession, you know, get somebody back to church and say, maybe we have all this time to think and, and truly change. And only through changing one person at a time and starting with ourselves, can we then change the, you know, the flavor of the world, maybe. Yes. And like I was mentioning, this is why I find such comfort right now in the scriptures. All our answers are right there. You know, the encouragement of the words of the Lord um, and it, it, he gives us this great commission, and it was to go out and, and you know, make disciples, and he gives us the courage to do it and the boldness to do it. And if you look at the first Christian community, I mean, they were tortured, they were, they were, they were beaten, and they suffered greatly. Nothing like what we're going through, mm-hmm. you know. It's that, that was so much worse, right. and so. If you look at history, you know, this has happened before pandemics, mm-hmm. and yet the church survived and, and the people survived. Right. We've been given a responsibility by Jesus, and we have to go out and live that responsibility, even in times of pandemic. This isn't time for us to, to really hide or, or be afraid. It's to have courage and live the faith as as Christ has called us to. Creative in new ways, Father, mm-hmm. and you mentioned social media. Now, I know that you have done, or is it coming up? I, I, I'm sorry, forgive me. You had a had an event or are going to have an event online with, um, was there, I saw, is that, is that, am I correct? Well, we that? got a couple things coming up. We've got a, a car uh, tomorrow night. We have a festival of praise, uh, drive-in parking lot festival of praise, mm-hmm. where, you know, people can come up. We're going to have Eucharistic adoration outside and and praise and worship outside. And then in October, we're going to have uh, the New Jersey uh, Charismatic Conference. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be both online, and if you know, who knows what will happen, but not by October. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we plan to allow people to come in, too. You know? So they have right. two choices. Great. You know? So tomorrow night, let's talk about that, because we want, yes. we want people to make, I don't know how, how limited it is, but I know you have a big campus there mm-hmm. and a lot of parking. But So what time does that start, and is it open to everybody? That starts at... Seven o'clock, um, and it ends at nine o'clock, and it's outside in the parking lot of St. Mary's, and there'll be a worship band led by Malena Towers, our music director, and Jez Ford, um, and so it's going to be a real, I believe, an anointed night. Um, some people are going to get here early, and they're going to tailgate around 530. Oh, fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. Tailgate for Jesus. Father, i got to tell you, that's, that's why we love you. I mean, you, you, you're just so filled with this. You're, you're always looking for new opportunities to, to, to bring people to Christ and, and invite them into the Spirit. This is just a wonderful thing, and I, I, we're so excited about this now. So, um, Tailgate for Jesus. Well, uh, let me say another thing. I am. Uh, is it Father Richard Osborne also with you at St. Mary's? He certainly is. A great young man. And so I somehow I, I guess because I know his mom that I I 
see him on Facebook. And um, some at some point during the pandemic, he had actually been driving maybe in the car with the Blessed Sacrament and taking it out to the neighborhoods. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Ab- absolutely. You know, um, he, he was wonderful. That, you know, like on Sundays, he would do uh, Eucharistic processions through neighborhoods. Oh. Um, on Corpus Christi, he, he drove them around um, oh. the Blessed Sacrament, around neighborhoods. Oh. Uh, it, it's, it's, these are the things that we can do. Right. Right. Because you then know, the... we, we don't limit ourselves to the old way of doing things. Just because imagine. That's not working. That can't happen right now. Right. Just... So you have to think out of the box. Absolutely. And just imagine the neighbors looking out their window and what's Great. going on. That. And, you know, they'll they'll be bold enough to say, what was that all about? And here it is. People capitalize right. on it. Right. Sure. Okay, fine. Listen. Well, we were having a parking lot car mass every yeah. Sunday. Since we were allowed to have mass from May 18th, mm-hmm. we were having masses daily until we were allowed back in the church in the parking lot. Yeah. And it's, again, people were, were crying oh. receiving the Eucharist for the first time. Yeah, I, I believe um, you know, people were just, you know, filling the parking lot, really filling the parking lot That's with great. cars um, just to have mass outside. Beautiful, beautiful, Father. Okay, well, unfortunately, we're almost out of time. But again, tomorrow, 7 o'clock, St. Mary, Mother of God Parish, Middletown. What's the address there again, Father? Uh, 19 Cherry Tree Farm Road in Middletown, New Jersey. All right, 7 o'clock. Sounds like it's going to be a very beautiful evening and filled with the Spirit. So. Thanks for doing that, and thanks for being with us, Father, and thanks for your vocation. We love having you. We love chatting with you, and uh, uh, it's just been a wonderful time, so thank you so much. All right. God bless you guys. God God bless bless you. you Thank you. All right, friends. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Graduated Catholic High School. I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all love God and we all love Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ, who gave the authority to Peter, and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We ask people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important. (laughs) She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. (laughs) Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. All right, welcome back. Well, great. We're very excited about tomorrow night. Isn't that fabulous? Father Jeff has uh, 
provided that opportunity. Truly uh, an anointed priest, right? That's right. That's right. And, you know, um, so again, friends, you know, if you're here's something you should do if you're, you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For most of our listing area, it's not far to Middletown, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, an hour from this part of the state over here in the Trenton area. But uh, we have Near m- Homedale, am I right? Garden State Arts? Yes, Center? yes. Right. And, um, you know, we have so many fr- listeners over in that part of the state. Right. And I think tomorrow is supposed to be a pretty good day weather-wise. Good tailgating day, tailgating yes. for Jesus. Oh, isn't that fabulous? <laughs> well, good for them. But see, to hang on to, as he said, and I was taking notes, mm-hmm. to hang on to the positive things rather rather than, um, and we all know somebody like this, and I'm, I was guilty, I know, I've gotten better over the years, but saying, man, I don't, I don't like the mask. Man, the church isn't crowded. Like to dwell on the negative and so, the, that the glass is half empty, go with what is full. We can go to confession now. We can receive. Okay, we have to say, there's a, there's a long list of positives that you can dwell on and talk about rather than what we cannot do. Right. Yeah. You know? And I, too, I, I was not, I, I was hesitant. I, you know, I don't want to go to mask with the mask on, mm. but I have been. And, you know, it's, you know, to be able to, okay, you put up with that, but you get to receive communion every, you know, oh, so. And you're <laughs> back in church where for six to eight weeks we couldn't even go into the building. And you think there are people in, in the world and the, around the, even in this country who don't get that opportunity to right. receive even every week, you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, we've had it easy here for a long time. Yes. <laughs> you could go to a morning mass at any number of parishes within your vicinity and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, without restrictions. But so we deal with a little bit and we, we, we go and worship the Lord and we receive the sacraments. Right. And, um, you know, it will get better. It, it will get better. It's just a matter of how, you know, how long. Someone right. I was listening on the radio the other day was talking about the 1918 that was two years. pandemic. It was two years long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the 1920s, they were roaring, you know. they were. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, maybe you know. that's why they went wild. Yeah, I one guess. Big party. <laughs> I guess. But, and there were pictures somewhere online. They had pictures of the football games and the, the guys were wearing masks. But that was a two-year stint that yeah. they had to go. And they came out on the other side. Yeah. And but maybe to even say you know I'm I'm bored. Go read some of the history and yeah. and look at all these um, plagues that people have come out on the other side. Right. And sadly, many died. But you know they dealt with things worse than we are dealing right. with now. And I, you know I watched the game last night, the opening day, opening night. Yankees, of course, the stands are empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tomorrow, Saturday, I guess Fox is going to have four games on. Yankees included in one of them. But they're going to literally superimpose fans into the stadium and even have them react. Really? However, they're doing that. They're going to be able to have the, the fans superimposed in the sta- so hmm. on the screen. So you're watching the game. It looks like the, the stadium is full. Like there's people there. It's crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I know somebody's doing the cardboard cutouts. No, there are some people have had them. Yeah. And the Mets had them the other night. I saw the Dodgers yeah. had them last night. <laughs> but the players can give the cardboard cut. We should give they're some of our popes. We have oh, cardboard right. popes here. We could have <laughs> all six popes in the, in the box. Let's make it a holy experience <laughs> with our cardboard popes. Let's do it. All right. Well, time is up. Thank you so much for being here. We want to thank uh, uh, Jim Papadrea for being with us uh, to talk about what heaven's really going to be like, uh, what's going to happen when we die. And also, Father Jeff Kegley, don't forget tomorrow night, 7 o'clock over at St. Mary's, uh, Mother of God, Middletown. A uh, very special evening praise and worship. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim for the weather and uh, thanks everybody for being here. Well, I'll be here Tuesday. We'll be back next Friday. That's right. Have a good weekend. God God bless bless you. you.